Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome back to the Cloudcast. We are actually coming to you live from the Moscone Center West out here in San Francisco at the Google Cloud Next 2017 show. Uh, it is what, Thursday? Is that right? I think so, yeah. yeah it's, it's Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> And uh, this has been an interesting week. We're going to do a wrap-up show here, probably the next one. But uh, we, we're getting a chance today to, to kind of reconnect with an old friend of the show, uh, Joe Arnold, uh, founder and CEO of SwiftStack. Not CEO anymore. I'm Uh-oh. chief product officer. Uh-huh. And we've got a new CEO named Don Javorski, who so came from Ch- NetApp and Brocade. Chief technology without big responsibility officer of SwiftStack. Oh, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> no, I, I run on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, and it's so it's it's been a number of years. And then we we're, we're, we're kind of sitting here going, "Huh, what do we all do we talk about?" And we're like, "Wow, crap, we actually have a lot to talk about." So <laughs> seriously, it's been a few years, and I think when we last talked and we we're all on the show, we were primarily an OpenStack Swift company. Yes, yeah, it was and probably at an OpenStack summit. I'd have to go back I and almost and learn. certainly was. <laughs> and a lot's changed from that, right? We have actually, we of course, we still have storage. We are a storage company. We're have object as an on-premises offering that we provide, but we are here at the Google show. We've been at the at the Amazon AWS show to do cloud synchronization to help people manage how to move data from on-premises up to the public cloud. Right, right. Well, and and you were, I mean, if and if like you said, if we talk about it, it's just OpenStack. It's OpenStack, right? It's that's evolved. But I mean, you've kind of been at the center of this software is you know, storage of software, uh, how to deal with open source and make that into a product, how do people you know, consume it? Uh, you're, you're in the middle of you know, multiple cloud, you know, sort of multi-cloud, how do you work in those environments? Like, just give us a sense of like, you know, what, where's, where's your business, I guess, to a certain extent, you know, kind of like what, what's your marketplace look like? And then what are your customers, what do they want? Yeah, what know? are they doing? Yeah, yeah. So, so we're focused on storage. And I think as a software provider, we, our core product offering takes standard off-the-shelf servers. And, of course, we have configurations from much of the standards, uh, much of the ser- uh, server vendors. So, like, we have a partnership with Cisco, for example, where you can get that off sure. the shelf. But what we, what we allow people to do is deploy and manage off-the-shelf servers and turn that into a storage system, much like what's available in the public cloud. So think Amazon S3, but behind your firewall. And we give them people the ability to get up and running and uh, deploy, operate, scale that, and be able to start their journey and getting application applications data ready so that you can go from um, an on-premises and start extending out into the public cloud. So, you know, we both, Aaron and I both have, have spent some time in the storage world. A lot of it was in the sort of block and file world. Objects, a, a different thing, specifically from the app side of things. Like what, what, what do you use, what are your customers, what types of apps are they building that use object storage? Is it, you know, is it huge archives? Is it video? Is it like, what's the trends that are driving, say, object and yeah. uh, that and has it changed? Because, you know, when we've talked on the show in the past, right, when, when yeah. we were kind of in our OpenStack and on-prem days, right, if you will, and it was really more of like a set of use cases, but then I don't know that everyone fully understood them and they were kind of still developing. And, yeah. and so how has it also evolved yeah, good over question. the last couple of years? Yeah, so if you look at the early days of these applications, it started with 
with Amazon S3 as a focus, so object, uh, HTT-based storage. So that's basically web protocols to get access to the storage. And, well, where does that naturally start? Well, that starts with software-as-a-service products, web-based service, mobile applications, that type of thing. And that's where we started as a company. But then, more and more, we found ourselves, because of the, the architecture that object lends itself to, we found ourselves in these data-intensive workloads. So larger enterprise document management, media, life sciences, scientific data, where you just needed to have a big pool of data and manage that. And, and, and so at the first, you know, the, the people that were adopting us, they really had to solve the problem and convert over from the file-based workloads to object-based workloads to consume us. And what we've been on the roadmap and what we've been building towards is making that just easier and easier and easier to do on-premises. So, you know, in, in the coming months, we'll have uh, some, some pretty cool announcements. We introduced some technology um, at, a, at, at a recent OpenStack summit where we talked about having file access for on-premises, but still giving the ability to now have a foot in both worlds where you can have file for the on-premises, start building the cloud-native applications using the object-based APIs so that people don't need to go and lift and shift their whole application all at once. Every single component is part of uh, needing to switch everything over to cloud-native type uh, type workflows. I think people really need a transition and the ability to move incrementally and pick up a portion of their application and deal with the data and, uh, and move parts of it over versus trying to convert everything all at once. Do you, what, what do you see? Um, you, know, we, you mentioned a little bit like, hey, we run on top of commodity servers, but at the end of the day, you guys, are, you guys are a software stack. You also can run on top of any of the cloud compute engines, right? What do you see people, like, we, we, I see a lot like in the platform space and all that. It's like, I want to build an abstraction layer. Do you see that in the storage, you know, kind of in the managing data space as well? They want well, consistency so much versus like a native service or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I think it starts so much simpler, right? I, I think that, that the, the very first use cases, that, at least from the enter- enterprise and these large data formats, is they want a second site. Yeah. You know, they want to, they want to be able to store their data. And, and they have a glimmer of, you know, we want to move more towards cloud-native applications and start using containerization and having more ephemeral uh, compute instances and taking advantage of that. And to do so, you really need to adopt object protocols to right. really get all the way there. But they have to start somewhere. So start with the, start with, okay, I'm going to have this on-premise footprint of getting my data and then i'm just going to synchronize that to an s3 or a google uh a google cloud storage that's just like a super easy place to start so it becomes like a backup like a backup or a dr type disaster recovery right yeah and that turns into something later on that's right Right. and i so it's a it's a a gateway drug (laughs) (laughs) but no gateway yeah oh yeah but no gateway right Right? so the thing that's the problem with so the gateway problem is you put a box on site and then you are that gateway is then feeding data into a cloud storage environment yeah. in its own format. Right. And when you go and look at, you know, you call it the S3 API command and you go look at your data and it's just a bunch of blob of a bunch of, you know, you know, bits that are, that you can't decipher it. So what, what we wanted, what we have done is we've made it so that that data that's on premises, when it synchronizes up into the public cloud and you go and look at it, 
it's exactly the same data. It's the same namespace. Right. And so that kind of it gives you the ability to have a namespace that extends out from on-premises to the public cloud. So then that kind of leads to the second thing, which, so the first adoption is, okay, disaster recovery, moving things over. The next thing is, oh, I can actually now use that data that's up there and actually transact on it. And I don't need to have a, a something special that's running up in the cloud. I can just burst out uh, uh, some some cloud workflows. Um, if I'm thinking about adopting Kubernetes or um, um, or Docker Data Center to 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 encompass both on-premises and public cloud resources, now I can synchronize this data that I need to operate against in both locations for the purposes of running that job. And now that I mean, it's a little bit more sophisticated in terms of a, of a use case what people are doing. But you can do things like say like uh, like a video transcoding where you can break up that job, run on the capacity that you have in, the, in on-premises, synchronize part of that data up into the, into the public cloud, burst up what you need to do that job, that transcoding workflow, and you can get it done in much less the time than it would have taken to do it just with the resources at hand. So it, it, yeah, it just becomes sort of resource management. If I, you know, whatever, whatever sort of, you know, fits in, in common times, great. And then you're sort of dealing with peaks and, and, you know, hot days and all those sort of things. And so, you know, like we said early on, we were always talking to you guys about OpenStack. And at one point, OpenStack was going to be whatever it was going to be. And nowadays it's like, there's, there's still OpenStack, there's Kubernetes, there's the various cloud providers, which you don't really even hear about what the technology is. And has has the, the sort of management of data gotten to the point where it's like, I don't care what's, what's running the compute, I just, I just attach to it, it's just an API, and I mean, has it, it gotten to be so people don't care? Or? I, I mean, I think that's, I mean, that's, that's when, when we're looking at where we're going as a company, it is to make it so that applications don't care where they where they're running so if they're running in a kubernetes environment or an openstack environment and they just need to be able to route to the data and that data needs to be where it needs to be at the right place at the right time yeah and there's all sorts of rules that you can create for where to place storage but storage has a lot of 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 gravity to it it's to especially in these these workflows that people are building out with the large data sets how do you get only what you need where you need it and how do you get people the flexibility to, to run in different environments? So if they have a private cloud environment, they should be able to occupy that. If there's a unique service that's running in um, the Google Cloud, wow, can they take advantage of that? And do they need to copy all their data set? I was just talking to a customer in the hallway um, a few minutes ago, and they're doing genomics processing. And one of the things that they want to take advantage of is a service that runs in S3. or not? It runs in, in, in AWS. Yep. But they need to get their data there. They don't need to get all their data there. They yeah. just need to get some of their data there. And they don't need to keep it there. They just need to keep it there long enough to run that job. So synchronize on-premises or in another, another cloud to that data location so they can run the job and then tear it down. And so that, that's, what this is, that's what this enables people to have is the flexibility to be able to run and take advantage of the different services that all these very innovative like, services that are coming out of these public clouds, being able to take advantage of them and be able to get the data that they need in order to consume them. Right. You, you bring up an interesting point with the, <clears throat> the, the right amount of data in the right place at the right time concept because, so I was just in, um, they had a fireside chat with Sam Ramji. Um, and we were invited to that. Honestly, I'm not sure if they're going to publish it 
you know, in a replay. But he had a really great concept when we were, he was talking a little bit of that exact same concept in that he said, hey, he sees a world in which there is a, a certain amount of data and it is on-prem for a certain reason. And, oh, by the way, I might r- take some of that data and run it in Azure because this is Azure's advantages. And this I'm going to run a certain amount of it in AWS because this is AWS advantages. And I'm going to you know run a certain amount of data in Google. And it's my data, but I'm going to actually run different workloads based off of different cloud. It's not... Azure equals AWS equals Google Cloud Platform. It is each one has unique differentiators, and you move the data to the differentiator. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a That's really right. it was a really fascinating concept, and you could see a lot of people in the room kind of going, "Huh? Did he just really say that?" You know, like because it's not something you would necessarily expect um, somebody to say, but it was very intuitive. And he, he also went in the concept of you know starting with. VMs now, and then you kind of—it's a journey, right? Of containers, and then probably functions long term. Right. But at the same time, that the data backend, it, it, you make the the amount of data you move smaller because it's more beneficial and economical. That's at that right. Point. And are we in a multi-cloud world yet? Here, I mean, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's—it's more realistic than it was a couple of years ago. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think. I think I think as long as people are just con- just aware of the journey that they're probably taking, yep. and you know it starts with, you know, get, getting their on-premises uh, components in in shape, start dipping the toe into a hybrid cloud workflow, having data in you know on-premises and then the public cloud, and then start moving into a, a multi-cloud. I think it's I think people are going to be taking a lot of steps along the way. Yeah. And so so tell us real quickly, too, while we're kind of talking about the, the different clouds, you had an announcement earlier this week with some Google-specific stuff, uh, and I'm using air quotes there. Um, so tell us a little bit about that, right? What is kind of some of the Swift stack and Google intersections right now? Well, it's, it's, it, I mean, it's, pretty, it's pretty simple to understand. It's, uh, it's the ability to synchronize on-premises Swift stack uh, cluster with Google Storage. Right, and it's not like you're running Swift Swift Stack on top of Google. No, it is. You are putting the data directly into Google. Directly into Google, yes. and and you don't need to run an agent in Google to have access to your data. Right, and so you set a, you create a policy, and then that policy applies the, the the synchronization rules that you want it to 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 follow, and it'll be placed in the storage policy that you've allocated in in, in the Google Cloud. And so we're a, a, a Google Cloud technology partner. And uh, we're excited to work with them. So, what's the kind of what's the best practice these days? I mean, like moving data is heavy, right? We talk about data gravity and speed of light and bandwidth and all this. Stuff. Like, what's the what's the realistic best practice for people? Are they are they shipping disk disk drives? Are they you know Amazon's got everything from a you know a, a snowball box to a you know Mac truck and like like what? But what's realistic? Are people doing Direct Connect or what do you see in the market? Well, you see a lot of customers with Direct Connect. Yeah, that's for sure. And I think that's so that they can not only get the throughput, but there's also some pricing advantages they get to be able to transfer data in and out of these these public clouds. The the other the second thing is. It, it kind of takes advantage of what you need to use the public cloud for and what you're really storing data in. For example, there's a there's a, a, somebody who's doing some uh, computation. They're doing animation and rendering type workloads, and you know what they need to do is they need to burst out to different public clouds, but they don't want to put all of their data there. They only need to put the data out there that they need in order to run that job, and through that process, they need to save some data. But they don't need to save all that data back on-premise. It doesn't need to go leave the cloud. You know, you want to keep it around in case you need to 
you know, act on it again. But then oftentimes when you run some of these processes, there's a, just a final nugget of data that you're after or something that, you know, the final rendered thing or the answer from the, from the, from the data processing. And, you know, that's not necessarily as big as all the data that you needed to create it. So when you start moving some of that data out or, in an, or pushing it to another cloud, it can be less, less of severe. Yeah. Do, do you find that people, um, do they, do they sort of price compare? I mean, like, oh, yeah. I, 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 so what I'm getting is like, That's a good question. Is, are, they, are they price shopping and comparing like even internal versus various public clouds? Or is it more just, I need faster capacity or I need more or what, like, how are they? Well, I'll say this. What are their metrics? No public cloud provider is, 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 is optimizing to not make it easy to get data into, into their systems. <laughs> right, right, right? Exactly. So it's really like, Free to get I was answering and... the question as in terms of like, you know, it's, it's harder to get the data out. Right. right? Yeah. And, and then how do people do that? So that's the, that's where I'm at, like the direct connects sure. and then you're, you're optimizing what you transfer in and out. Um, Wait, what, so what you're asking again? I, I'm just trying to figure out, like, how do people measure it? Are they ah, looking at price? Pricing are they looking advantages. at speeds? Yeah, or? yeah. So, so, so this is really interesting, too, like Google versus Amazon. Um, I, I mean, I've seen people, but the, the, the pricing difference is you have hourly instance pricing versus by-the-minute instance pricing, yeah. which is kind of an interesting thing. Someone to say it's not really that material. Um, but what is material is how much people worry about. Right, like, like you could you <laughs> have, you see you'll see the, you'll the it's a big part of the thing, but it really it's it's really germane when you're at some really big scale. At the end of the day, like is is an extra hour, you know, going to take make the make or break the difference. You, you could probably have someone write some code to like occupy an instance for forty five minutes instead of thirty minutes. But then if you actually retroactively look at how long did it take the developer to optimize for that versus you know yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. right okay. But that being said, there's some really cool things, particularly when you're going towards a more of a container-based serverless approach that can get you some really neat optimizations where you don't even have to just, you don't have to think about it at all. Yeah. Where, um, so for example, we have uh, have a bit of middleware in in our system, which you can drop some data in and then it can kick off a, a Kubernetes job. Okay. Well, when you're, when you're processing some data and you don't need to really worry about, okay, is this, do I need a time optimized over an hour? You can take something that would, would normally have taken like a couple of hours and go, mm, all right, I'm just going to spin up 100, you know, containers. <laughs> so like, Great. I don't care. I just need one minute in each one of these things. Yeah. And, and, and that allows time to a result, and that can reduce the time. And so I think that's where the advantages come in, not these long-running things, but the ability to, to integrate some part of the workflow. We, kind of talk, we talked about like, people trying to lift up and shift all their work, that, that whole workflow. What I think this does is it allows you to take a part of that workflow and go, hmm, maybe I can time compress this. Instead of using a bunch of compute that I have on, on, on premises and just I'm using you know, a handful of nodes or whatever, I can send some of that data into a public cloud, use a lot of compute for a short period of time. And I think Google has a pricing advantage that I I think favors that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it it goes again to the 
this concept of the kind of multi-cloud and, and differentiations between the different clouds. And it, it almost comes like, okay, uh, you know, I, I, if we're going to make an analogy here, it's almost like operating systems and, and certain operating systems run the applications the best of like, okay, let's call Azure the Windows, you know, and then, I don't know, AWS the Linux or, you, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it really allows us to really further granularly define and actually start to differentiate better because up until now it's just been so data is data and you just kind of put it wherever it's cheapest and you put usually put all of it there and so now what you've introduced is these these concepts of okay it is more granular you're optimizing for cost and speed so it's it's a whole new way to think about both data and multi-cloud yeah, and all I, at the I same don't know, time. I don't know if I'm squinting at this the wrong way or not, but I feel like there's different, like the, the Amazon ap- approach has been much more more broad mm-hmm. and offering a lot of services that are more, more atomic. And I feel like the Google approach has been, we're going to take, we're going to take something and we're going to go really, you know, deep on it. Yep. Like, you know, data, the databases, the I think they even have like genomics processing and rendering, and they have like these really, really specific, very deep services. And so, if you're building an application and you want to leverage some of those services, kind of to your your, your pointer, and it's like, okay, can I build my application in such a way such I can take advantage of some of the services that are on Amazon that runs part of this, and then can I shoot out data to take advantage of, like, I, I don't know, I think it seems kind of messy to me. Yeah, yeah it like, seems complicated. And I feel like, I feel like more, more and more the approach of, of like, containerizing an application, I don't, I, this is probably most obvious to everyone who's listening and obvious to you guys, but having the portability is a really big deal. I think yeah. it's bigger than... I, 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 everyone's gravitating towards that, and I think for a really, really, really good reason is, is is so you can have that flexibility of where you want to run your applications. And if you do want to take advantage of a specialized deep service, then okay, well, it's easy to get, it's easy to move that application over. Yep. So, uh, so that that's that's how I see it. And then yeah. to the extent that we can help them get their data there, then yep. that's that's going to be our job. Let, let me ask you one last question. We'll let we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up. Um, so it's it's been a while since since we have talked at all about hey the cloud went down or you know like there was an in, it, there was an interest. What do you mean? It just <laughs> <laughs> but it did in, in the past. Yeah. you know it been, felt like it had been you know a year and a half, two years, or whatever. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, last week, there was a big issue. So you know something like that happens, and it kind of brings people back to go like, okay, I have to be cognizant of that, right? I, I need to be aware of it. Like, what do you tell people? I mean, like, if it only happens like every couple of years, but you don't know, it might happen, something might happen again in three months. I mean, like, how do, how are people planning for that stuff? Is it cheap enough now where you go like, I should just keep a certain chunk of it in Google and Amazon and on-prem or like, how are people thinking about that? I, uh, first off, you know, just from storage operations, you know, yeah. guy, right? I, mad props to everyone who's running Right. Public cloud storage services. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. They are. Right. Yeah. I'm not. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't a question of like, you know, knock on it. It's just like, you know, when, when, when it comes back into people's mind, they go like, oh, well, I should be cognizant of it because I haven't been for two years because it didn't bite me in the butt. I mean, I think I think hybrid is going to be the the tool that people I know mean, that's what came up, I think, after that that yeah. incident that happened a couple of weeks back yeah. is taking a more serious look at hybrid cloud strategies. And whether that is having something in a, you know, a Google and an Amazon environment or an on-premise and a pub- another public cloud, right. I think there's going to be more serious looks at 
that. Yeah, from yeah. multi multi region in one cloud or whatever it might be. Right. And, and and a friend of the show, John Troyer, uh, we were. Uh, at a VC dinner the other night, and he was there, and, and there was some talk of that in the, in the room, and, and things got a little heated for a little while over over the the outage. But it was actually funny. He put on Twitter uh, along those lines of, um, you know, anybody who thought the the S three outage was really ugly has never seen like an on prem sand meltdown. And three, three it's, hours for it's been, three weeks. It's, yeah, it's down for three weeks, and you may or may not get your data back. And he's his, his point was it went down for a couple hours. You didn't have to worry about it, and all the data came back. Go get a beer and shut up basically like you know and, and some of us kind of go yep yep absolutely been there <laughs> yeah I, i'm but you know there's but there's you know the thing the thing that did kind of i don't know i mean i don't know if rubbing the wrong, wrong wrong way is the right way to say it but mm-hmm. i i don't you know someone who runs who runs a service like you can't really advocate you can't like absolve your responsibility of that service so right. i think people should take a consideration of you know what happens if this particular service goes down and i was talking to someone right after that the day after the event um and he said yeah we were down we were you know they were they were government uh software as a service company and all of the stuff that they had was down there nobody could file documents or look at up at data and i'm like well well if you had a multi-cloud he's like well that cost model doesn't add up well okay could you do it for the last you know set weeks worth of data right would that does that economic, would that be economical? He's like, yeah, that actually would make that that would work out. Right. So I think I think just saying, oh, hey, S three is down, therefore you know we can like you know same thing used to happen with GitHub you know right. a while back. Oh, the developers going home because right. the service is down. It's like, right. well, no, that's not really a good answer either. I think we have to figure out what the solutions are and and come up with answers for our, for for what makes sense for what we're, what we've been hired to do. Yeah. Well, and it, it kind of reminds you, like I, I think we. We get to a point we take things for granted. They're just going to work, or they're just going to be available, or you know, or they'll, they'll talk about X number of nines, and you go like, it, "What are you going to like?" You have to remember, remind yourself of like, some things will fail, certain scenarios will happen. Are you planning for them? And, and like you said, like it's now getting to the point where you can get more granular. You know, save a week, save a month, as opposed to a year, and, and that might be good enough. And um, so, yeah, no, yeah, that's, that's save, saving a certain set of data and a different retention. Yeah, there's so many things you can do when you really start to peel that back of, yeah, cer- certain sets of data and, and in certain clouds and in on, you, know, you can just kind of really come up with a lot of really good combinations um, to suit what you need then. So I completely agree. Well, very cool. Well, listen, uh, thanks for, for catching us up in the last couple of years and all the changes that are going on in the world. And um, it's good to catch up with you guys. It's, it's, I, I like the fact that we're not, it's like you said earlier, we're not talking about storage anymore. We're just talking about like data management. We're talking about, you know, how do you apply that to a week of your business, you know, the priorities of your business. It's, it's good to see that transition and less about the underlying plumbing of how it worked. And so thank you for being on and, and great to catch up with you. And Aaron, you want to wrap it up and take us home? Yeah, absolutely. So um, on behalf of all of us, thank you very much for listening this week. And uh, actually apologize. We didn't get a show out last week. I had kind of, kind of some complications, but we'll, we'll get this one out here very shortly and then uh, look forward to talking to everyone next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media.